Welcome to the Road Safety Podcast with me, Dr. Karen McDonnell, Occupational Health and Safety Policy Advisor at ROSPA. This is a podcast that keeps driving and riding for work and managing the risk in the minds of people and businesses across Scotland. Our conversations will help you understand where driving and riding for work sits within the safe system approach and to think about new and emerging risks. This podcast is part of the work of the Scottish Occupational Road Safety Alliance project funded by Transport Scotland and delivered by ROSPA that not only contributes to Scotland's road safety framework to 2030, but also ROSPA's strategic objectives relating to those who drive or ride for work. And for listeners in the UK and wider world, the safe system and management of occupational road risk principles discussed during this podcast series can be applied wherever you are. We're back with a new series because we all have a part to play in keeping ourselves and each other safe on the roads. Today's episode is all about tackling the biggest driver behaviour issues. I'm delighted to be joined by Inspector Greg Burns, Road Policing Department at Least Scotland. Hello, uh, Greg, and and thanks very much indeed uh, for joining us. Um, In road safety, we talk about the importance of safe vehicles and journey planning, but what are the biggest safe driver issues? I think the the main things for us is about planning your your journey. Uh, It's the most essential these day and age with the technology we have now, and maps are not so prevalent in people, so it's a lot of sat-nav. Really, really helpful because it plans your journey, it gives you traffic updates. People are sometimes guilty of, of altering their sat-nav while they're still driving, so it's really important before they set off you know, on their journey that the, the, the sat-nav's set and it's updated. Because obviously, if you start messing around with your phone, that's a, sorry, your, your sat nav, that's a distraction, uh, and obviously, you're committing an offence. So, so, planning your journey is a big one. And in terms of you, you mentioned there distraction, and it is, is indeed uh, a, a huge uh, issue driver distraction, everything from mobile phones through to uh, sat navs. I mean, is that something that you're seeing that increase has increased over time? The, the new drivers adopting what we might consider to be old bad habits. Absolutely, I think I think technology plays a massive part in that. You know, many years ago we didn't have mobile phones, we didn't have sat navs, we didn't have any any plug in devices with a car, which which made it, I suppose, quite simple. Really, now we've got you know mobile phones with with illuminating screens, screen chassis. You know, people checking the times, notifications, unlocking the device, uh, making our you know receiving, rejecting phone calls, and and the frustration for us sometimes is that. All the cars have the technology for you actually to, to access the system within the vehicle, if that makes sense, without actually touching the device itself. So it's a real frustration when you get somebody on the mobile phone or are using it in as many uh, ways it can be used when they've actually got the technology in the car to use it like that. But yeah, the, the, I suppose the distraction in the cars is, is massive compared to what it used to be. And just in terms of uh, mobile phone uh, legislation, I mean, last year, uh, just for people, because people uh, listening to the podcast from all over the world, uh, Inspector Burns. So I'm just wondering, uh, can you give some insight into the changes in the mobile phone legislation uh, that happened here uh, in UK last year? Yeah, I think it was the, obviously the, the national picture was that the mobile phone uh, was obviously one of the, the main uh, factors and, and collisions and, and distraction within the vehicle. So initially when the mobile phones came out, there was a, a penalty fixed with that and obviously points attached to your licence. This has obviously been reviewed uh, and the number of distractions we've had with hotel, you know, mobile phones which have been involved in fatalities or serious injury accidents, um, they've increased this you know, to, to try and deter folk from actually using their phone within the vehicle. Uh, it's a real big thing. You know, you've probably seen it yourself, you're driving along, 
uh, you're in, or you're in public transport and you look beside you and somebody's got their phone on the lap texting away or they're, they're on the phone or whatever it is, you know, I think folk don't take a nice sense of, of how much of a distraction it actually is within the vehicle. All you have to do is take your eyes off the, the road for a second and something can change, which is obviously putting you in, in, in massive danger and the other road users in massive danger. So I think the fines and obviously the penalty for using the mobile phones are, are obviously proportionate to what the I suppose the outcome can and possible possibilities can be. I think you know when uh, I, I sort of reflect back on you know when people talk about speeding, uh, and I'm I'm certain that you'll recognise you know that uh, quite often people say oh, they were just speeding just a little bit, or in that moment they did something differently. Uh, so whether driving for work or other purposes, what simple changes can drivers make to sure, ensure that they arrive alive? I, th- I think that we'll be here, I mean, having, having been in the, the police for, for many, many years now, the number of excuses I've heard for speeding is, is, is quite incredible. Speeding, whether you're speeding just a little bit, a lot, um, it, it really is irrelevant because at the end of the day, the fence is still complete there. But, we have, you know, all communities in, in whole Scotland nationally have complaints of speeding, you know, whether it's in little villages or motorways or whatever it might be. What I would say to you is, you know, that driving at the speed limit and driving a little bit above the speed limit, you're going to get there pretty much at the same time. And it's all about going back to that first point. It's planning your journey. If you're having to speed to get somewhere, you're not managing your time efficiently. Uh, and the bottom line is that the speeding, the chances are you're going to get caught, whether it's you know it's a police officer or it's a camera van. And the penalties are fairly harsh, and they do mark up your licence and obviously affect insurance, et cetera, going forward. So it's really important to keep an eye on your speedo. And again, technology is fantastic because with all these digital dashes in some of the cars, you, you know, it's a warning sign to go off. If you do exceed the speed limit, we've got cruise control, all these kind of different, uh, I suppose, um, things on the car that, that, that are there to aid you driving. So it's really important. Plan your journey and just keep an eye on your speed, especially within the build-up area. And in terms in terms of driving, driving, getting driving right is very much a life skill, isn't it? You know, so you drive uh, for home and leisure purposes. But uh, the Scorsa Network is very much about uh, those who drive and ride for work. So, what role can an employer, or what role should an employer play in managing the risk of speeding and distraction? From 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 I suppose an employment perspective, everything we do within the workplace is now risk assessed. You know, whether it be lifting boxes or, or, or moving upstairs or whatever it may be, uh, it's, it's no different when we're talking about driving. You know, if you've got somebody within the scope of an employment that has to drive for a living, um, there's lots and lots of, um, I suppose, organisations, WASPA, uh, IEM that provide, you know, advanced tuition, uh, you know, excellent additional um, tuition that gives you know, a better outlook in, in their driving and actually makes them reflect on how they're driving the vehicle. So employers are, you know, they're, they're, I suppose they could add this to their, their, their courses and, and, and risk assessment when they're actually thinking about their employees and how they can reduce the, I suppose, the possibility that, you know, maybe uh, stop for speeding or using a mobile phone, just by raising awareness and, and putting that possibly on their courses. There are those, you know, we, we all recognise the, the vehicle checks, um, that you would undertake prior to uh, driving a vehicle, whether it's for yourself or for work. Uh, but what about the person who's sitting behind the steering wheel? Um, if In terms of fitness to drive, um, what are the challenges that you've seen in relation to uh, fatigue uh, and driving? Yeah, I mean, fatigue is, is a massive thing just now. You know, it's, it's, it, you've got to be at your sharpest when you're driving. Yeah, so driving with fatigue, I think, costs around 50 fatal accidents per year. Um, the stats I have in front of me here, 
you have to be absolutely your best when you're driving. Your reactions are affected. If you're not at your best, you're not thinking. It's the same with you know your, your mental thoughts going going out the way. How you're feeling? You're sad? Are you happy? It all has an impact on your driving. With fatigue especially, it's really, really important when you're driving to make sure you're fully alert and you're aware of your surroundings and you're alert to every situation on the road, which will obviously affect your reaction time, etc. And I think, you know, again, for from an organisational perspective, it does come back to the underpinning journey planning, the times of day or night that people might be driving also have an influencing factor, don't they? Absolutely. You know, through, through the day, you know, we all refer to rush hour in the morning, rush hour in the evening. Uh, these are the times when the roads are busiest with both pedestrian and vehicular traffic. Uh, you'll find that, that, you know, I suppose goods haulage type firms are, are more uh, regularly moving through the night because it's, it's quieter on the roads. Um, this is obviously a factor in respect of fuel and, and distance travel and, and obviously time. But it's really, really, really important you plan your journey, um, whether you're going to your work, you're returning for your work, you're simply going to the shops, you know, whatever, whatever the, the purpose of your journey is. Planning and the timing is going to have a massive impact on how you drive. The roads are busier. It's undoubtedly that the, the folk is stressed. They get a bit panicky behind the wheel, some folk. And this is when we sometimes see, you know, road rage. You know, it's cooperative use of the road spaces, what we're actually looking for and what we're trying to achieve to obviously reduce road casualties and fatalities. I mean, that, that's very much an emphasis within the, the Scorsa network is our roads are a shared space. So irrespective of whether it's an HGV, a tractor trailer, an LGV or someone cycling to work or for work, uh, you know, the, our roads, uh, Scotland roads are a shared uh, space. Um, it, in terms of the simple, getting the simple things right uh, with respect to seatbelt use that um, we don't have, you know, whilst compliance rates are, good in inverted commas, there's still uh, people who don't recognise that you're twice as likely to die in a road crash if not wearing a seatbelt. I mean, what are your insights there in terms of seatbelt use and your experience? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak from my experience here and obviously the broad national statistics we have here. The amount of, of, of fatalities I've been to over the years where drivers are not wearing seatbelts is incredible. It's such a, pre- such a preventable death when somebody wears a seatbelt. You know, the seatbelt was there designed to, to keep you in the seat, to stop you ejecting from the vehicle. Uh, it's a massive safety feature. Like with the sat-navs and the mobile phone technology, you know, the, the, there's, there's many things in the cars that beep if you've not got your seatbelt on, you know, and it's an encouragement to put your seatbelt on. Every time you, you get in the vehicle, no matter where you're going or what you're doing, it's so important you put your seatbelt on because you never know what's going to happen in that journey and how you're going to be affected, uh, injured, you know, possibly fatally injured due to the fact not wearing a seatbelt. So I can't impose that enough, the fact that wearing a seatbelt is so, so important. And I think there, you know, the two words that jumped out to me there were preventable death. I mean, employers have got a role to ensure that people recognise the importance of seatbelt wearing, um, that it should be part of the risk assessment uh, process, irrespective of how short uh, the journeys actually are. You mentioned about uh, the impact that people not wearing seatbelts can have when you've visited uh, the site of a crash. Um, what action is taken in the event of a crash where the behaviour of someone driving or riding for work is a factor? So if it's someone who's been driving for work, what would the next steps be in terms of um, you being on site? Yeah, obviously, if, it's, if, if the, the, the collision the injury, whether it's fatality or just seriously injured or even some minor injury, uh, obviously when it comes down to work um, or employers, we, we, you know, we've, they've got a liability to the, the, obviously their the employees in respect of 
suitable training to make sure that that the licenses, you know, the insurance is up to date for the obviously the tasks are carrying out, uh, risk, you know, workplace assessments are carried out to make sure everything is in place for them driving that vehicle. And, and as we discussed earlier, you know, whether they've put them to, to, to Rossborough, to IEM for you know, advanced training to, to, to enhance their driving skills. So if, if we turn up at a site and it's, it's a works vehicle involved, obviously we'll, the, the actions don't change initially uh, in respect of, of what our immediate actions are. They'll always be the same, uh, we'll, you know, secure the, 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 the location to make sure everybody's safe and there's no further or mitigate any further injury or any accidents at the scene. Uh, we'll then deal with the, the casualties, which is always a priority with us, you know, in respect of everybody, not just us, to be fair, um, to make sure that they're treated the best we can, get them to hospital if, 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 they, do, if they need to go, shall I say. Uh, after that, we'll, we'll obviously deal with the vehicle. If it's a work vehicle at that point, that's when we're probably going back to the employer to advise them that the vehicle's been involved in a collision uh, and they normally have a process of recovery, whatever it might be, uh, and dealing with... Uh, I suppose that the fallout from that, the, the problem we have is if they haven't put the initial um, checks in place, so the assessments in place in respect to the driver or the vehicle, and I mean, we talk about driver of the vehicle, but the, the roadworthiness of the vehicle is the employer's responsibility, albeit it's the driver's responsibility to check before they leave. But all these things are taken into consideration, you know, when we're dealing with employers uh, and employees. Uh, and, uh, you know, but the, the accident itself is actually pretty much dealt with as is it would normally be with them. Um, any, any accident. So essentially, we've, we've gone back to the, you know, the, the safe vehicle, the safe route, and safe and healthy driver. Um, in terms of drink drug driving, does that remain an emerging issue? Are there still real challenges on Scotland's roads as a consequence of drink and drug driving? Yes, I, th- I think that's it's it's very prevalent just now um, in respect of drink and drug driving. Obviously, brought out the new. Uh, drug wiping technology fairly recently in, in respect of, of of the procedure, but we still notice it's, it's a massive issue on the roads. You know, even if we catch one drink driver, that's too many. Uh, you know, your 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 concentration, your alertness, your ability to drive is so far deteriorated. It's, it's unbelievable. But folk don't take that into consideration. Uh, you know, I suppose some statistics: two thousand twenty-two road policing officers alone in Scotland rolled fourteen thousand five hundred and sixty-seven breath tests. Over 1,700 of them were positive. That is an incredulous statistic for me. You know, that's massive. 2022, similarly, you know, drug wiped, drug wiped 4,375. Over 2,000 of them were positive for, for, for a, you know, a number of drugs. I find, you know, it's, it, it's, it's no longer acceptable to do. You know, years and years gone by, it may have been acceptable and the thing to do, but socially now it's just not, you know, it's not just your life you're affecting, it's other road users other families that we have to go and speak to, you know, should the worst happen. Uh, and it's just an absolutely unacceptable thing to do these days. And then again, there is the opportunity there for the employer to exercise some influence uh, in terms of raising awareness of uh, uh, drink, drug driving, particularly the morning after effect. Uh, I remember the first time I heard about the percentage of people who were caught drink driving the morning after. Uh, and I'm, I was fairly certain at that time that most employers hadn't really factored that in. Uh, in terms of that sort of hangover period. I mean, is, does that remain an issue, uh, the number of people getting caught uh, morning after drinking? I think that the morning after drinking and the uh, morning after uh, you know, drugs or even the days after you know, consuming drugs are, are really, really um, still prevalent in society just now. Uh, employers uh, will take, I suppose, additional 
uh, factors, you know, in-house breath tests to make sure the drivers are, are fit to drive in the morning. This should never, ever be an issue. You know, if you're a driver, a professional driver, you know, you'll turn up for your work, you'll be fit, you won't have been consuming alcohol or taking drugs. Uh, it should not be an issue. But some employers will put that factor in because it does happen. And obviously, uh, risk assess that as they go. Uh, but yes, I mean, drink drug drivers the, the day after is, 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 again, still quite a prevalent thing these days, which, again, is, is unacceptable. So our roads are very much a shared space uh, and the changes to the highway code here in the UK were very clear in that those with greater power have greater responsibility. So how do you think that we can increase an understanding of these issues we've discussed today and the simple ways that drivers can reduce the risk? I think the main thing is, co- is cooperative use of the road space. I mean, that is the key. But we discussed the, the, the fatal five, you know, we've got speeding, careless, dangerous driving, drinker, drug driving, seatbelts and mobile phones, all of which are, are, are the fatal five because that is the most common, I suppose, contributor factor to, to fatal road accidents. You know, if you if you bide within the speed limit, you know, you're you're you're, you're a cautious and, and cooperative driver on the road. We don't drink, we don't take drugs before we drive. You know, we use seatbelts and we stay off distractions within the vehicle. This is all going to help reduce uh, killed and seriously injured on the road. There's no doubt of that at all. Um, I think that the main thing for, for, for us is, is that the world's become so busy, everybody seems to be in a rush. So many people on the road are angry, you know, and it, it just it does not, I suppose, give you that cooperative shared space on the road uh, at some points, and it's really, really important to have that. But I think concentrating the four five, sorry, the fatal five. Don't speed. Don't drive carelessly or dangerously. Don't take drug or, uh, drugs or drink when, you, when you're driving. Use your seatbelt, and most importantly, just do not have any distractions within the vehicle. And that includes other things like we all know how hard it is. We sometimes with young kids in the back of the car. You know, it's about just taking that that, that extra responsibility, possibly pulling the vehicle over and deal with incident there and then if it's safe to do so. And how do you think that businesses in Scotland can help make a difference? Uh, because we do, I mean, I drive uh, for personal reasons, but I also drive for work. How do you think employers uh, working with the Scorsa network can assist in reducing the number of killed and seriously uh, injured on Scotland's roads by ensuring they embed the fatal five? I think just awareness is a big thing. You know, uh, it's making drivers completely aware and, and with no ambiguity, responsibility. You know, it's the driver's responsibility to, to make sure they get from A to B safely. You know, so so employers have a, a fairly significant, I suppose, responsibility in respect to awareness for the drivers. And that's where you've got the additional education in respect to driving, you know, advanced driving, ROSPA, IAM, to, to try and improve uh, driving standards. But I think it just comes down to awareness and employers absolutely, you know, reaffirming that message that this is what they stand for and this is how they want to go about their business. And any employee that works for them must abide by what they're trying to say. My thanks indeed to our guest, Inspector Greg Burns, Road Policing Management Support at Police Scotland. And thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe the podcast on your usual podcast provider so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love it if you could leave a review. It really makes the podcast easier for others to find. The Road Safety Podcast is produced by Fresh Air Production. I'm Karen McDonnell and thank you for listening.